Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast. And it is me, Dave Shaw, and I am joined, I'm delighted to say, by Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, my friend? Hello, good sir, Dave. I'm great. Uh, as always, you know, still do- doing the whole quarantine thing, as are the rest of us. I'm sitting here with my, my lovely uh, puppy companion and just ready to have a nice, relaxing podcast. Very, very much looking forward to it, my friend. Absolutely. So, and of course, your Twitch is going, is, you're still smashing it, mate. I, I keep checking in from time to time. The problem is now with the, with the clocks going, they've gone back for you. They haven't for yeah, us. Uh, forward, forward. Forward, yeah, forward. forward. So, so, yeah, yeah. so now there's a four hour gap and now it's too early because I got home from work and I've got dinner <laughs> to do. I've got the little one to look after. And then by the time all that's done, the baseball's nearly finished. So I, I, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to jump into your streams like the best I can. But that, from what I see, mate, it's it's great. I've got baseball on telly, and I've got you and, and the chat going on. I was like, I like it. It's like you, you do for like you're watching the games with with friends and, and just chatting baseball. Well, that was the whole goal from the start. But what's really been, what's really surprising me about Twitch is that like. You know, even though all I'm doing is putting my face on a screen and talking about a baseball game while everybody else is watching the baseball game, people still seem to be really into it. And I think that's largely in part to like the community that I have, you know, on on the channel and things like that. I mean, the people are so, so cool. I've never I've honestly I don't know these people in real life, but I've never had a more supportive group of people in my life. Um, These people are, are, are so everything I do they are 100% behind me and it's very very sweet of them and I can't thank if you're a listener and you're a you're a supporter of the channel can't thank you enough um but I I'm I'm just so it makes me so excited for when I finally do get you know everything really up and running so when I start getting you know the games that I can stream or I get my my PC in and I can finally stream you know I can at least show people some uh, some research that I do, or some savant stats oh, awesome. that I look at, or 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 videos that I'm watching, or react to something, or you know whatever that might be. At least then I get to uh, you know have something on the screen that's not just my face uh, and me talking. <laughs> and Nola, uh, of course. <laughs> and Nola, of course. <laughs> Why it's on Twitch? Take a bulk. Yeah, take a bulk on Twitch. www.twitch.tv slash take a bulk take a bulk I, I found that i've had to sort of pause it for for uh, 10 seconds and then play it because the chat are so far ahead of what i'm watching yeah like, i know right they spoil like, me every time okay pause it pause the stream and then i think <laughs> like i've managed to sink it in so then then i'm watching along as it's happening and that it's great fun guys check it out especially at the moment when it's spring training and the games are our time uh, right, let's get into it. So let's go through some news uh, of what's going on, and then we'll go into spring training so far, um, and then we'll go into this uh, this Phillies and the uh, football football English football team comparisons, which is blown <laughs> up on Twitter. I'm looking forward to getting into that. So we'll do that at the end. Um, so 
Seasons is just another two weeks away. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I am ready now. Thank goodness. Um, the injuries are already just starting to, to creep in. Good news, JT's swinging. He's, uh, he's taking some BP, some simulations, and all's looking good. Touch wood. Touch wood. And even if he's not ready for opening day, it's going to be a week, a week after, which in the long scheme of things and a, a full baseball season, that's not a lot of time to missing for. Uh, Brogdon, uh, was it a rib came out? <laughs> so, yeah, something like a, a, a rib popped out. So he, he should be, they're hoping he's to be back within a week or so. Eflin, back. Oh, oh, please, please, injury gods, don't be too hard on our Zach Eflin. Um, he's still day to day, so we're hoping he will get a start in next week. But well, I don't know about you, Alex, I am praying that Zach doesn't go down. I mean, yeah. Uh, he he is a major. Zach Eflin is is what makes the big difference between the Phillies being you know a good team and a great team. Uh, if if Zach Eflin can manage to be you know anything more than a three or four starter, uh, the Phillies are looking at a pretty darn good rotation. So yeah. you're keeping your fingers crossed there. And unfortunately, Zach does have a history with both knee and back issues. So you really, really, really don't want this to be anything that he has encountered before because reoccurring injuries are never good uh, especially when you're looking at a player that you might possibly want to extend uh, in the near future so uh, I really really hope it's nothing serious for Zach Uh, we haven't heard anything we've heard nothing but good news about it so far Um, well except for the fact that it was deemed a little concerning but now the day two days after uh, it was it was announced We've heard a little bit better news in that, you know, he could get a start next week. So that would be yep. the best case scenario ever. Um, and you keep your fingers crossed for that. Let's let's hope that he uh, that he's OK. Absolutely. But he is, he is having a baby. He's having a baby. I don't know if you saw. I Zach didn't Eflin. know this. What? Zach Eflin is having a baby. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Congratulations. Uh, Good, good for, for him. him. It's going to be a good year all around for Zach. Oh, awesome. Man, I, I think the next jersey I'm going to get is going to be a Zach Eflin jersey. I am all in wow. on Zach Eflin. Yeah, yeah, I know. I am, I'm all in. I, I love the guy. Just his demeanor as well. And I love watching him pitch. And I think he's going to be, you know, I think our front three in the rotation is is damn good. If we were in any other division, you and every- one of the best in the division. Every projected metric site thinks that uh, the Phillies, the Phillies front three is one of the best in baseball. I, in fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday who told me that uh, fan graphs or no, it's zips. Zips has zips. Um, yeah. Zips has the Phillies front three in the rotation being and, you know, this is all subject to change because rotations change and things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their front three is third in wins above replacement projected behind the Dodgers and Padres. So Aaron wow. Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Zach Eflin over the – it's third of over the next three years, I should mention. Uh, so they now have them acu- a- accumulating uh, more war than any other front three. Now that's also subject to contract expirations and other teams yeah, sending yeah. other pitchers and things like that. But to be anywhere in the top three with the Dodgers and Padres, I mean, that's pretty, pretty good. Exactly. Exactly. And we'll get to the rotation in just a little bit. But, yeah, see – See people so much. We did the uh, NLE's prediction show the other guys and Alex. Alex, <laughs> people have us in last to fourth place and not even I getting know. 82 wins, not even getting 500. These people just, oh, just it. 
I had to quite I don't understand. I just don't understand how you could look at a, a, a top 10 offense and a top 10 rotation uh, of, of last year. And I know it's a sample size and blah, 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 blah. But I, I don't understand how you can look at, even on paper, just the lineup on paper combined with, you know, the rotation on paper. Even, I think it's, honestly, I think the additions of Matt Moore and Chase Anderson uh, made people think less of the Phillies rotation. And I'm not sure why, because it's not like they lost anybody. They lost Jake Arrieta. That was it. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Exactly. I'm not sure why yeah. adding depth is now considered a bad thing, but I guess in the eyes of the fellow NL Easters, uh, it it's considered something that's not great. Uh, whereas I guess the addition of uh, Drew Smiley for $13 million is just heavily praised and very exciting for everybody else. Um, but you know, I, what do I know? I'm just some guy who watches baseball and, 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 you know, talks about it on Twitter. Alex, they are sleeping on us and I'm loving it. I can't wait until we prove them wrong. I, I really, and we're going to, we are going to this year. Uh, quickly, uh, Spencer Howard also, uh, back spasms. Hopefully for him should be, he should get another start in before, uh, before spring training finishes. Hopefully. Uh, Brad Miller, tweaking the rib cage, oblique. Uh, still no news on Brad Miller whether he'll make it would be on the IL or not. Um, they said that they're expecting him or they're hoping that he'll start uh, in a game next week. So Excellent. I think that I think that is considered good news as well. And Adam Hazley, uh, they're also hoping to be back next week. I believe he may get a couple of games in before the season starts, is which would he... be massive. Yeah, that yeah. cannot so... go. Uh, that would be huge for the. Uh, for those who consider themselves morally straightforward, uh, that would be a, a major win for this Phillies we will, team. We uh, will get to that very shortly. Yeah, yes. we, will, uh, we will cover that. But, yeah, it would be great to have Hazley back in that picture as well. So there are a, a few injuries there. There are some important players in the, in the injury discussions at the moment. But they're all pretty minor and majority of them should be back next week. So it's, it's not, it's not all bad. Not yet. Um, also the news, the Phillies could have up to 50% capacity from April the 4th. We're still, I still believe that the Phillies are waiting for the, uh, the governor to give the go ahead for that, but that would be roughly around what? 22,000 in Citizens Bank Park, possibly for the Mets series. Around that, which is terrifying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but for now, is at least uh, what will we hoping day twelve thousand, I believe, or was it twenty just... percent? I believe was the was the original number. So yeah, there will be fans eighty five hundred or so, I think. So there will be fans in the stands for opening day, and we will. And it's been great to have them back. It's spring training. It's looked great. It's it's nice to have the atmosphere back, and a bit of normality. A little bit of normality <laughs> is back, and. I cannot wait because it is just under two weeks away. Next week is the last full week of spring training baseball. It's, it's so close. Um, but spring training so far. Let's get into it. Alex, who's impressed you so far, mate? Honestly, most of the people that had impressed me have now been sent down, which is very unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it, it was originally guys like Nick Maton. Uh, you know, I, a great I was, spring. Oh, you cannot seven and, RBIs, and allow me allow me to quickly just negatively the floor is yours. ML, MLB pipelines terrible Phillies top 30 prospect list. <laughs> um, 
how Nick Maton evaporates from the 12th spot to the 19th spot where, you know, in a year where, first of all, we hadn't seen him at all, but all the reports from the alternate site were positive. Everybody was saying glowing things about him and he looked really good. He was taking some really good cuts and he falls seven spots somehow and then comes up and has an absolutely fantastic spring. So go Nick Maton. And then as far as other people, I mean, you can't go without mentioning Mickey Moniak, you know. Well, the, well the... I, I, I'll, save it, I'll save it for a bit because I've got a nice little bit on, on, on Mickey. We got, we'll, we'll get I'll to Mickey very it. shortly. I'll save it. Uh, I have been really impressed uh, also with Derek Hall. Um, yeah, Lachlan he's hitting the ball good about. at the moment. He's had and seven, seven 100 plus mile per hour exit velocity baseball uh, in spring this year. And they've all been above like 105 i think which is insane um he has been absolutely blistering baseball um so i'm very very happy for him uh and he's he's absolutely nailing it definitely a guy probably not you know a top 30 or maybe even top 50 prospect guy um but definitely a guy that you could see on the bench uh in in the coming years he is absolutely he's been working in the outfield he had a really great winter league uh following that up with a great spring is really really awesome news um, so good for Derek. Really, really happy for him. Uh, as far as like main squad guys that have really impressed me, um, I have really enjoyed watching Gene Segura. Uh, I think that he is getting kind of unlucky um, because obviously the batting average would not reflect that he's performing very well. Um, but the, the exit velocities have looked really good. Uh, and I really enjoy watching his plate patience. Um, yeah, I think he is evolving into a much more complete player than he was when he was focused on putting the bat to the ball and sprinting to first base as fast as he could. Um, now he's kind of, he's tacked on a little bit more positive weight. Uh, he looks really good. He looks very, uh, very fit and very healthy. Um, he's tacked on some positive muscle um, and he's hitting for a little bit more power, which you can see in the exit velocity numbers. And he's also developed a really, really nice batter's eye. Uh, so I'm very excited to have him on the team for, for another year after this one. Uh, and and, and of no, course, no, no, that mate. Just sorry to butt in there, but defensively, no, him please. and Diddy, him and Diddy yep. are looking like a good they, little partnership in center of that infield. They work very, very well together. And while while Diddy's range is limited, that is something that I am concerned about to start the season. Very concerned about the left side of the infield. Um, but we will see what happens there. While I am concerned about that, I do think that Gene Segura and Didi Gregorius up the middle is a really, really nice combination. They are really good friends. Um, and when I was at the ballpark last year, uh, watching spring training 2.0, I mean, they were always cracking jokes, making fun of each other, having a great time. Um, so they've developed really, really nice chemistry. Um, as I'm sure DD has with most of the clubhouse, he is just an absolute stand-up human being. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, their, their, their double play tandem looks really, really nice. And as well as Gene Segura, I am loving, loving watching. Mr. Alec Bohm, yeah, uh, yeah. who is just utterly unbelievable. Um, I am so impressed uh, with him every single day that I get to watch him. And he's impressed me most importantly defensively. Um, I don't, I still don't think he's going to have a very good defensive year at third base, um, but I'm very, very excited to see him working really hard at it. Um, and to see him, of course, with his patented beautiful swing, um, you know, hitting his way to a really great spring. I mean, I could not be happier uh, to have him 
in the major leagues now. He, he seems like think, the brightest uh, spot in, of the entire roster. Oh, yeah. Seriously. I, I think, like, I can't say any more about his offense because you just, I don't know. What else more can you say? He's, he's going to be a stud. He really is. Defensively, yep. I, think, I think he has shown signs of getting better, though, and to not a great third baseman defensively, but a good enough third baseman. Would you say all he would needs to would be still below average? All, all he needs to be is average, period. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. Um, but the numbers work against him. It's, you know, we have never seen, aside from Chris Bryant, and some have argued Troy Gloss, we have never seen a six foot five plus human being yeah. perform well at giant base. Yeah. Um, so it is hard to think that Alec will be any different. Um, but based upon what I've seen, he looks okay. He looks good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be making any diving plays. Uh, I don't think he's going to be making any Nolan Arenado style, uh, you know, run saving, absolutely disgusting uh, steel trap plays over at third. But I have been really impressed with his arm. I'm impressed with his athleticism, his coordination. If anything, I think Alec can move to left field um, eventually, Ooh. which would actually honestly be a great thing for this Phillies team because that is a position that they are missing any depth in. Um, and I mm-hmm. think, and before anybody gets any, you know, war flashbacks to Reese Hoskins in left field, this is completely different. You're looking at a much more athletic, much more defensively inclined human being. Um, so yeah. I am, I am, I'm very excited to, if he does flounder at third base, I'm really excited to see him work in left field. Um, because I believe that could be a really, really great position for him. He has the arm, he has the athleticism. I think he'd be really great there. On to the pitching side, um, the players who are likely to make the roster and the bullpen have looked damn good. Alvarado mm-hmm. in particular. <sighs> Please, I totally stay forgot fit. to mention that. Any pitchers uh, in my players that I, I know I, I, for okay, whatever reason I just looked at positions. Let's, let's just give some praise to Alvarado for a second because oh, what what I've seen so far. Why was he even released? He wasn't. Well, he so I he traded, wasn't sorry. released. He was traded, he was sorry, yeah. traded by the Rays because one would assume uh, that either a uh, obviously they want to get rid of of, of salary payroll salary payroll of obviously they want to shed salary um, off of their payroll. So they were looking probably for a way to do that in Jose Alvarado because they can get somebody that's making half what he's making uh, on mm-hmm. a on a pre-arbitration deal. However, I also think that they probably weren't a fan of just you know who he is uh, as an athlete. Obviously, he's a he's a larger human being. Um, you know, they probably weren't super super positive about his medicals. So I think they assumed that you know getting rid of him and his salary was probably, you know, just, just the best move in terms of trading him while he has value, uh, which they now look very silly for, in my opinion, yeah. because yeah. holy mother of God, he has looked fantastic. <laughs> yeah. He has like, looked absolutely untouchable. Untouchable. Like, I, I can't believe we're sat here getting excited over a Phillies bullpen player. I, oh, like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> I know there are quite spring, a few but, of them that you can sit here and get excited about. I yeah, like, uh, Coonrod even. I think Coonrod's looked good, better than I expected so far. Sure. I mean, Brogdon. mostly, yeah, Connor Brogdon is just, uh, uh, I don't know what to say about him anymore, except for, I mean, 
I will point to last year's preseason podcast. Uh, I don't yeah, have yes. a back to it recently, uh, but you know, my number one most exciting impact reliever out of the, the minor leagues was Connor Brogdon. It's been Connor Brogdon for two years. Uh, I'm just very, very, I was always very excited about him. A lot of people were uh, very disappointed when he came up the first time uh, and stunk. Uh, but then, you know, he came back and pitched like nine innings and struck out 14 uh, while not allowing a single run. So, you know, he's pretty good. Um, but I think finally now people are uh, really starting to realize how much of an important cog Connor Brogdon is in this bullpen yeah. machine. Um, and that's really exciting. I also think that you can you can start getting pretty excited about Hector Neris, who's looked really good. Slider. Um, obviously still warming up and has added a slider that yes. he's throwing in spring games. I'm not sure that – look regardless of whether or not the slider transitions into he has not located it well i will say that much uh he really hasn't located the slider well and obviously that's expected from a really really new pitch um yeah but the fact that he's even showing that he has that in his arsenal in spring means that it's going to make teams it's making it's going to make him less predictable and you see now that teams in the nl east especially teams like the braves teams like the nationals they've really started figuring out hector neris they've started you know He's a very predictable two-pitch pitcher. You're either getting a fastball mm-hmm. that's straight as an arrow or you're getting a sinker that absolutely dies out of the zone. Um, so, you know, you can just kind of take your walks against him. Uh, if he's not locating it well, you can you can kind of take those walks to the bank. Um, and, you know, if he is locating it well, well, if you see something that's moving straight, you swing at it. Um, and so teams have started figuring him out now, right? Adding a planer, or, or I, I guess a two-plane breaking ball to that arsenal is massive. Something that breaks differently, moves with rotation, uh, you know, something that hopefully he will be able to locate in the zone. Um, that's so huge for him. Him becoming a yeah. three-pitch pitcher would make him, once again, one of the more re- elite relievers uh, in baseball. I'd like to say, and I, I, this is the only time I, I rarely ever blow my own trumpet, but I did say a while ago, hey, David Hale had a good September but under the radar because <laughs> of what happened. And everyone went, oh, David Hale, what? No, he's not very good. And I went, let's see how he goes this spring. He's on a bit of, back of, a bit of form in September. He's starting to find himself. And would you look I, at it? He's had a good uh, spring. Seven, 6.1 innings, six strikeouts, ERA of 1.42. And he actually is making a good case to be in that bullpen in the opening day roster. I God, David want, I want you to toot your own horn many more times. Um, unfortunately, I no, don't, no, don't know. Don't. I I don't know if David Hale will be on the forty man roster come opening day. Uh, and I know that's something that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, in terms of like what in the world the Phillies are going to do with their very very limited forty man roster space. Um, but yeah. I do, he seems to I, me like one of the the uh, very clear choices uh, to be designated for assignment at I some know. point. I Sorry, know, but, but I just like seeing him do well, and it's like, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, he he something. is doing but well. He, he's, he's he's doing just fine. But you know, it, I, I'm not on Jack Frick's Pafetta hype sort of level, but you know, <laughs> it's nice to back a picture who I noticed to do more in September and for him to carry it on after a shaky start in spring, but. It's just nice, you know, but yeah, I'm realistically, there's going to be no room for him because we've got so many, so many pitchers performing well 
Um, so we'll and see. of course we've we've still got to see one picture who hasn't we haven't seen yet. That's Ranger Suarez. Who? Yep. It'll take it'll probably take a while to get going. Is he still got visa issues? Is that what? Uh, no, he's, he's in camp now. Good because again he could he could if he starts well in spring he could put himself into contention for that bullpen which he could absolutely and a left hander as well. Yep, I um, mean. It does. It does not exactly help his chances that Tony Watson also looks like a good candidate to join the bullpen. Yeah, I was just, um, just going to come into them, but yeah, uh, I love Ranger. I love his changeup, and I would love to see him in the bullpen for sure. Very quick, yes or no's in these guys making the opening day roster. Uh, Brandon Kinsler, yes or no? Yes, he has to. Uh, There's no other way. Uh, Ivan Nova. I suppose the game will depend on Howard Nefton. Uh, would probably depend. I don't even think he's the first choice, uh, you know, no. in camp. I think Adonis Medina would be probably the person that comes up should they need another starter. So I'm going to say no. Uh, Hector Rondon? Could make the taxi squad, though. Uh, no, Hector Rondon should not make the roster. Not no. as uh, not at his current, uh, you know, form of, of, of 94 to 95. Uh, if he's, you yeah. know, back up to triple digits, we'll talk about it. But not right now. Tony? Tony Watson, we just, just quickly touched upon. I honestly don't think so. ERA? I don't think he will. Uh, I mean, that to be fair, that's that was one game. He was perfect before uh, yeah. that really, really bad game against the Blue Jays. Um, but, you know, I don't think that was even necessarily his fault. Um, I don't actually think Tony Watson makes the roster. And quick uh, yes or no's on Matt Joyce. I hope so. I have no idea how they'll fit him, but he has definitely had <laughs> Again, a spring yeah. that deserves it. And uh, Torres. Uh, Ronald Torres, probably not, but I hope he stays a Phillies minor leaguer for a very long time. Absolutely. Um, right, let's get on quickly to Aaron Nola. Like, panicking on social media. Ah, Nola's in a 6 ERA. He's having a bad spring. He has had pretty mediocre springs before and it's turned out just fine. He seems to me, again, I'm, I'm no expert. I'm no expert, guys. But from what I've seen, he's trying new pitches. He's trying different pitches, a variety of pitches. Uh, he's going to be okay, isn't he, Alex? Just reassure the good people. Yes, he's uh, he's sitting at like ninety miles an hour this spring. I don't know why people are so quick to, um, you know, snap and say, "Oh, his velocity's down. He's hurt," or "Oh, he's taking a major step back. He's entering his prime." You really think his velocity would dip as he as he you know goes further and further into his prime years as a pitcher? Uh, he's fine. He's really yeah. fine. Uh, I think ultimately the reason that he is sitting uh, at, at, you know, 89, 90 miles an hour is because he is now trying to utilize this cutter. We all know Aaron Knowles' two-seam is, you know, one of the best pitches on the planet, as well as his curveball, as well as his changeup. He is a three-pitch pitcher uh, who is now trying to diversify his arsenal a little bit, as pitchers tend to do. Um, so I, I think that is the primary reason we are seeing his velocity be down uh, in quotation marks. Um, and I, I, I just don't know why so many people are worrying. Yeah, like you said, he's had mediocre spring showings before, uh, as well as the fact that, you know, why would a guy who obviously is so very good uh, and, yeah. and re- relies primarily on movement and deception, why would he be going all out, um, you know, in these games that really do not matter uh, very much? So why would he be pressing himself to, to hit that usual, you know, 91 to 94? Yeah, exactly. The mark exactly um, so don't panic people I, I, don't i'm not worry. worried at all it's all good um now to a player that i am worried about and it will take us nice jumps to center field battle oh god scotty kingery um 
Now, I listened to the High Hope podcast this morning with uh, the brilliant Jack and James, and they made a point which I thought about quite a lot of today. And it, it does make sense. And I, I want your opinion on this, uh, Alex. King Dree sent to AAA and to start afresh and get the coaches down there to work on him and come back. Do you think that would good? That, that's what Jack said. And I thought about it. It's like it, Scotty wouldn't get in the team at the moment. I, I can't see where he would fit in. He's had a dreadful yeah, no. spring. He's, he, he said himself he's got to work on his spring again with just a, over under two weeks to go to the season. Is he better off going down to AAA and working that out and then coming back up? Because um, I can't, I don't know where he's going to fit in the squad at the moment. That's, yeah, that's a popular, uh, I feel like something that I've seen on Twitter a lot is, you know, he should be sent down, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I'm certainly not opposed to it. I think that, you know, if you want to give him that time, go for it. Um, there are, he certainly will be getting a lot more opportunity down there than he would be getting at the major league level, especially given the spring showing he's had, especially given how, uh, you know, Adam Hazley might be coming back, especially given how uh, Odu Herrera might be uh, looking to be a lock uh, for the, mm. uh, for the lineup right now. Um, you know, I, I, I think that I have no problem with Scotty uh, being sent down. I do have a bit of an issue with how that will affect his confidence, how that will, um, you know, affect his overall career arc. Uh, just because, you know, we've right. seen that happen before where guys come up and they are never the same. Uh, we saw it with Nick Williams. We saw it with Aaron Altair. We saw it with, um, Dominic Brown. Oh goodness, everybody. <laughs> I, not even. I mean, we've seen it with you know pretty much every single player. The only one exception that I can think of is is in recent years at least is is Zach Eflin. Uh, Zach got yeah. sent down to AAA, yeah. um, or or he got placed in the bullpen in 2019, and then he got sent down to AAA in 2018 uh, for a roster manipulation, uh, you know, tactic, and was not happy about it. Um, so you know, I don't really ever like sending guys who have solidified major league spots uh, down to AAA, but I think that it would benefit Scotty. I think that it would help him yeah. uh, refine, mm -hmm. you know, what made him so special as a, as a minor leaguer. Um, it will serve as a nice bit of nostalgia for him, I suppose. Um, yeah. But again, mentally, I'm not sure I love it, um, but we'll see. I think that he really does. He needs to either make a massive turnaround uh, or he just, yeah, he needs opportunity in AAA yeah. is, is how the, I look at it. The only downside is, is the AAA season's delayed by a month, I believe. So Correct. would that mean he, he wouldn't be getting any any action for a good a good month? Which I is suppose. why I do think he will probably make the opening day roster. Yeah. Uh, and if he struggles uh, in the real major leagues, uh, then I believe that he will be sent down. Uh, but I think then, that would be a corresponding move with somebody returning from the injured list or something happening there and and Matt Scott Kingery like every at bat I see him I'm like come on Scotty yeah he's looked, one, he's looked horrible on. he's just, looked just horrible please just please and then it just yikes he looks lost like completely you can see it in his face like obviously it's yeah. affecting him and like you said um, mental wise you can see it at the plate like he struck out not um uh, it wasn't last game maybe, maybe the one before and he, he threw his back helmet to the ground and yep. you just you, that is a clear sign of it it's get he knows he knows he's, he's swinging through. directly through 90 mile an hour fastballs in his up, up like in his sweet well. spot yeah in his like, sweet spot um which is very upsetting uh he really he needs to 
fix his uppercut incline swing uh, because it is not working. It has never worked. Um, and I really think he just needs to refine that very linear, very, uh, you know, contact-based approach uh, yeah, that he was, had yeah. in the minor leagues. Uh, he needs to it's stop just, swinging for power. He really, he what, really does. But we've been saying that for so long. How It just seems to me like, it's frustrating because I watch him going, you're still uppercutting. Why are you still swinging for the fences? We all know. Just get even Roman get Quinn, on base. Even Roman Quinn, who is the most notorious uppercut swinger, uh, trying to swing for more power than he has, uh, you know, kind of guy, started choking up on the bat over his last two starts. He oh, is about to choking get, oh, beautiful way segue. up on the bat. Um, oh, go right ahead, please. Beautiful segue. I was going to say, a man who... I put it out on Twitter and saying, Quinn's having a good spring. And I was just going to say, he's not, I've noticed, again, no expert, but I've noticed he is choking up. He's not uppercutting as much. He's now, and he, he's got a good average. Uh, what was it? He's, he's hit a lot of balls. He's still striking out a little bit. Still a concern. A lot of However, um, <laughs> yeah, he's at eight, eight Ks already. He, hasn't, um, he has not struck out over his last two games, which is great. But, and that oh, corresponds Alex, with, me to it. That, I no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's good it because that, well, that corresponds with his choking up on the bat. He started choking up two games ago, and he has, I think, like three hits. Um, and uh, was it a? He didn't hit a triple. He had like a nice roped double or he's something like two, that. Two doubles. Um, two doubles. Yeah. Right. So he's, you know, he's he's looked good, and that's nice because if Roman can just make contact with the ball more often than not. Yeah. If, yeah. if he can just cut down the strikeout numbers a little bit, he's a guy that could bunt his way to a 250 average. It is like he is blazing fast. So all he needs to do is just make contact, just put the ball in play and good things will happen. Yeah, um, exactly. And he has because, been unable to do that up until two games ago. Uh, because, so thankfully, he, yeah. he, you know, go ahead. Because his main stat is like the 250 average is fine stolen bases and the runs that he gets from getting on base, which with him stealing bases, that's his most important stats. It's people right. bringing him in from second, from third, once he stole from first. Just get on base. He's got an average of uh, .318. Yeah, the strikeout's still a concern. But like you said, I was going to say, last two games he's not been struck out and I've noticed a change and he's, he's growing in confidence as well. He seems to me like he's, Last two games, he's come to the plate with a bit of demeanor. Like, he knows he's going to get on base. He's got on base. Once he's on base, he's looking good. Uh, he's had one stolen base, but I'm not sure they're pushing him too hard with his, with his injuries. Oh, yeah, uh, they, they, they hardly injury. sent him at all. Uh, that He has hardly been sent from first base. Um, also, he hasn't really hit a whole bunch of just straight-up singles. Um, so, yes, he is um, – <laughs> it's I, funny I wouldn't because say I would say – no, uh, oh, definitely not. Um, I was very unimpressed with him at the beginning of the spring uh, to the point where I really do feel, and I still feel this way. I honestly do. I do feel like they should trade him. Um, I don't think he will ever be a starting center fielder for this club. I know. I love him. I love Roman. He's a great dude. Um, but I do feel that while he has value, it should be, uh, it should be exercised. Um, because mm-hmm. he is when you when you break it down, he is an injury prone uh 28 year old now. I can't believe he's 28. Uh 28 year old uh entering arbitration next season. God, he is. And I, I honestly, I honestly would rather 
exercise his value now, what little value he might have, rather exercise that now uh, instead of, you know, non-tendering him next year, which I think is very possible to happen because you have Mickey Moniak, you have Adam Hazley, you have maybe even Scott Kingery uh, as, as center field options. And you're probably mm-hmm. looking to add more outfielders to the roster next year because Andrew McCutcheon leaves. So, yeah, I don't know if Roman mm-hmm. Quinn will be able to find himself any playing time past this year. Um, and, you know, like I said, he's entering arbitration. And even though it's going to be like a $200,000 raise, um, I'm just not sure it's worth it for a guy who, you know, with a paper cut, he's down for three months. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't, yeah. it really yeah. doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't compute with me, especially given the roster country they're facing right no, now and true. the the center field problem that they have as well. No, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll just say Roman Quinn drafted in 2011, Round two overall yep. pick, yeah, twenty eight. I feel like one of the longest. He's got that baby face, though, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's, seriously. Oh wow, um, what a what a spring, what a nice surprise as well. You know, this this guy all of a sudden has just given us a, a lovely option. And if he's not in the opening day roster, he's going to play some AAA games. If he can maintain his level that he's at so far, he's going to be a great addition again to come through as well. At some point this yes. season, because he's he's, he's going to get game time this season at some point, definite, surely. Very much a surprise for many. For me, maybe not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, look, Mickey uh, is finally, you know, growing into the player that he was always intended to be. Um, and whether or not he is going to succeed at the major league level, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. These spring stats are what we should expect from him from here on out. Um, But what I can say is that he has been working his butt off uh, over the last few years. Uh, He was 17 when he was drafted. Many people thought that a 17-year-old should come out and play like a 25-year-old, and he didn't. And that happened, and it's, you know, what cemented him as a a bust to many uh, Philadelphia prospect prospect (laughs) analysts uh, on, on Twitter and around the world. Um, but you know, now what you've got from Mickey is a kid who has done nothing but grow exceptionally into his frame. Uh, he looks excellent. He looks very athletic. Um, and he ultimately just looks, uh, pretty built, uh, as a, as a center field option, uh, and also has really, really quick hands, uh, a lightning mm. quick bat. Yep. Uh, he has turned around on more pitches this spring than I have ever seen him do at any level. He looks absolutely exceptional. Um, and what most has impressed me about Mickey is his 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 two strike approach. Uh, he has managed to hit two home runs and a triple on two strikes uh, this spring, or so far as I can remember. Uh, those are the ones yes, that I've ingrained yep. in my brain. Uh, yeah, I've written he down. Has yeah, hit two yeah. home runs and a triple on two strikes, and that is a huge deal um, because Mickey Moniak's number one concern has always been his plate discipline. And that has for the longest time been, that's been what's plagued him in the minor leagues, Uh, you know, just copious amounts of strikeouts, not enough walks. Uh, If this is a guy that, you know, is going to be a center fielder, he needs to use that speed on the base pass, blah, 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 blah. Um, What you could be looking at with Mickey, hopefully, um, is first of all, a very good defender in center field. He has always fielded his position. Well, that has never been a concern. Uh, 
you know, a guy that still is carrying an excellent speed tool around. He's still pretty quick. Um, what you're hoping for now to see uh, this AAA season, because he will start in AAA. That is what is going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, we'll also get his alternate site reps in, et cetera, et cetera. What you're hoping to see now, a little bit less striking out, a little bit more positive contact, and a little bit more power. If you see this season out of Mickey Moniak in AAA, a slash line that's like 270, 340, 480, that is more than I could ever ask for. And yeah. that is a person who should be considered for the center fielder role going forward. Um, that's huge for the finish because that was a massive, massive problem. And although the immediate problem may not have been fully solved yet, we've got now someone who potentially could be a long-term fix in that center field. I know it's, it's so spring, small sample size again, but the sample's good. It was, my God, if he develops into anything, it is such a massive win for the Phillies. Uh, I don't think it can be overstated how big it would be uh, if Mickey Moniak, a guy that everybody had written off by year two, comes yeah, out and becomes yeah. this actual, you know, piece of the franchise. Um, if not for, you know, more than a year or two, him developing into something, anything, is a massive, massive win for this organization. Absolutely. It's probably been my, my biggest plus in spring, seeing Absolutely. Mickey oh, Moyer come out like this. I don't anybody else can, can consider a, a it's brilliant. Uh, the final candidate, we haven't seen Hazley. Uh, Herrera, who just looks a lock-in. Uh, three home runs, uh, all solo home runs with his three RBIs. Average 2.69. It's looking like it's going to be doable. Yeah. Uh, the peripherals haven't been good. He's been swinging at absolute garbage. Uh, he looks like the same bad version of himself that he, you know, looked like before any incidents happened with him publicly. Um, you know, for the last year and a half of his career, he was terrible here. So I'm not sure why so many folks are accepting him back with, you know, these wide open arms. Uh, I feel it's become more of a, uh, divisive issue than it even needed to be because when you look at it from a humanity perspective a human that treats other humans poorly doesn't deserve to be made a public spectacle and yet here we are um so i think that uh it's really silly that so many people are standing in odubel's corner but they are um and you know he's had a better spring than most every other candidate so he has outplayed them for sure uh, do I think that he deserves to be on the major league roster? No, I will never think that. But do I think he probably will be? Yeah, at least to start the season. Uh, so, oh, well, it is what it is. Um, he's looked really bad at the plate, despite what the numbers will tell you. Uh, the exit velocities have not been impressive mm-hmm. at all. Um, a lot of these could probably be considered, uh, you know, spring home runs. You know, these, these home runs that in a major league ballpark probably wouldn't carry as well. Um, probably wouldn't, you know, uh, make it out of the park in some cases. Uh, they've been hit relatively weakly, uh, and he's also put up some really, really bad at-bats. But it is what it is. Uh, yeah. He has, it, been, he has been marketed as a redemption story, and a lot of people are standing behind him. So uh, as upset as it makes me, I'm just going to have to deal with it. It's like I say, and we know he's streaky, and it, I – I just don't understand what this is the same, the same people that were calling Odubel Herrera, you know, a, an empty headed, uh, you know, just like, you know, 
for lack of a better term, just calling him an idiot, uh, you know, when he mm. was playing regularly in, with, with the Phillies, are now like 100% behind this redemption story for him saying like, oh, yes, uh, bring back Oduble. This is so big for the Phillies and for the franchise. What a redemption story. I'm so excited to have him back. He's always been my favorite. And I just don't understand why. Um, but I think it's just, again, it's become a very divisive issue. And I, I, I just don't understand why. Um, yeah, oh, it hurts my you. heart, but it's fine. That is the, that's, that's the spring training report so far. Next week, we'll <laughs> start really looking at who's going to make that opening day roster and the first few series. We're, we're at that point. Next week, it'll be wait. a week to go. And we'll be oh, looking at it. series against the Braves, the Mets, the Braves, the Mets, the Cards, <laughs> the, the Cards again, the Mets to open the again. Three series against Mets. In the first month, two against at the least Braves, we're getting them over with early. I was going to say we're getting them over with early. The plus and the bullpen are going to be thrown straight in the deep end. But if they can start good in that first month, the confidence and the foundations from that are going to be are going to be huge. Yep. Um, but wow, well we'll get we'll get into that next week. But we're into we're at a stage of the season where roster spots are going to be we're going to be we're going to have a good picture by by this time next week. Uh, and yeah, we'll start looking ahead to, to some games, to some actual meaningful baseball, Alex. We're, we're so God close. bless. God bless. All right. Right, on Twitter, I put out, uh, if you could compare the Phillies with one football t- uh, English football team, who would it be? I did not expect the response that I have had on Facebook and Twitter about this one. So let's dive into it. I, now, the sort the same teams have been cropping up, which I think have been good comparisons. So, so Alex, before I get into the social media, have you got a comparison there, mate? My favorite comparison for the Phillies in the English Premier League is Manchester United. Oh, and the reason on, I Alex. say you didn't, you didn't, this... I wish I'd asked you before the show started. What? Go on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the reason that I say it is because over the last, like, maybe seven or eight years... Uh, with with the exception of recently, recently Manu has really kind of exploded a little bit, and they're they're playing very well. Um, but over the last like seven to eight years, Manu was looked at as this team that spends a lot of money and doesn't get a lot out of it. Um, so I'm I'm looking at when they signed Zlatan. I'm looking at you know these these mm-hmm. these multiple big name guys that they've brought in that just have not performed the way that they expected them to. Um, and, you know, they they kind of were sitting middle table for most of those years. Um, and so as, as somebody who watches a lot of Premier League uh, soccer, I, I looked at it and I said, well, hey, that reminds me a lot of my Philadelphia Phillies who also spend a ton of money and don't always get the production out of the players that they expect to. Um, so I feel that that's actually a pretty decent comparison. Now, recently, that, yeah. Man U has been doing really, really well. Um, and that's just how it goes. But I, I, um, And that's how the Phillies are going to go this year. I really hope that's <laughs> how the Phillies follow in their footsteps. Uh, I'm not sure, but I really sure as heck hope so. But yeah, over the last, in terms of like, a long-term picture, I really do see them as more of a of a Manchester United club. That's a well thought of answer, Alex. I like how people well, have gone in terms of different angles on this. A lot of people have gone for the fan and city side of it, the recent performance, the recent history, the recent investment. 
like you've just gone there, Alex. That's a, that's a good approach. On Facebook, I've got Carl who says Sunderland. I see that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sunderland. I'm, I'm not, nothing against Sunderland. I, nothing against Sunderland. No, I, I get it. Northeast team, very passionate fan base. I think on the fan base side of things and the location and the town itself are very much parallel with Philadelphia. Uh, it's not too far from the team that I would have. Uh, Dennis says Liverpool, good every 10 years or so. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's really uh, Jonathan, funny. Jonathan Bedford says Sunderland as well. He's a Sunderland fan, so I expected this one. Huge, passionate fan base. We love our club. We've had success, albeit in the past six, uh, in the past, but six times champions of England, two FA Cups, like the Phillies, two World Series, passionate fan base. Um, Joe Buenos, uh, no, he doesn't. He... Uh, Alan, now this is the one that's come up. This is this is the overwhelming favourite. Alan Wenzel says Tottenham. Tottenham. Oh. Be- they should be better than they usually are. It's just... It's, Honestly, it's, yeah. And the amount... From discovered how many Phillies fans are Spurs fans as well. Like I, It looks like the adopted club yeah. for the... The Phillies, the it's, pandemic it, crew, I know, are very big. Yeah, uh, yeah, very big. And a lot fans. of Spurs fans have come out from the from the woodwork. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. It's like Spurs, 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 Spurs. Um, I mean, it's not a bad comparison. It's I, a good. It's a good shout. I hadn't thought about it much in that what it was saying, but it's a good shout. Eric Hample says Newcastle. They have history. They've had some success and a huge fan base that needs to be woken up. Hashtag Sleeping Giant. Newcastle's my show. Newcastle and it's, Philadelphia are, are two. Really? Yeah, they are two very similar cities. The, the, the sports team, the, the, the city, the sports team is the center of the city. It is, they live and breathe football in Newcastle. Everybody is behind Newcastle. It's all about the tsunami, the black and white stripes, the magpies, the, sit, the stadium sit proudly in the city centre, like a temple of worship for the fans. And they go in their droves when they're down, where, which is a lot of the time. In fact, we're running parallels <laughs> with Newcastle. They are long overdue some success again. They Honestly, have a lot I of really, I would have thought a lot more Arsenals would have creeped into the mix. I thought I, that... I, I haven't had many Arsenal's. All of these fantastic collapses are very Gunners-esque. But very Spursy at the same time. Well, yes, but also no, because I feel like the Spurs have seen so many successes, like, like from an individual standpoint. So, like, you know, Harry Kane having so many golden boots, uh, you know, discovering Sun, uh, you know, all of these, but, all of but, these but, really... But that's not, that's more... I guess that is We go by silverware, like, what have they won? Like, yeah, that's And they got, they got the that's Champions fair. League final, but they just they just missed out. Their, their trophy cabinet is sitting pretty bare for a good few years now. That's true. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Brandt says uh, Leicester City. I, I wouldn't say Leicester with them winning the Premier League. I would not there. at all. If anything, uh, I would say I would compare if I had to because Leicester's my club, and I, I I don't know how many people are are aware of that, but I if anything I would compare uh, like the Rays to Leicester. Leicester is a very is a, a yeah. more low budget club. They come from behind a That's lot a and are, are very yeah right. I, I that is what I've always kind of thought of them as because they they ball on a budget and they make very good 
fringe signings like um Ngolo Conte, um just very, very true that, that they right and they they end up you know somehow finding all of this talent Kalechi Iheanacho just all of yeah. these guys and you know big names from their respective countries but uh you know obviously not pursued by the higher tier uh teams and these guys yeah. kind of turn into you you look at Jamie Vardy he is the you know the Tampa Bay Ray um you know just a guy <laughs> yeah. that you know came yeah. from has played with Leicester since relegation times and has come up with them and turned into this absolutely uh, monstrous striker for them. Um, and I look yeah. at like, you know, guys like Eddie, I, I didn't know this was going to be a, a Leicester show, but I look at them, well, you know, guys like Riyad Mahrez, they depart for greener pastures because, you know, the club can't is, afford to this pay This is what them. I was going to say. Leicester have sold a lot of that winning team and have still reinvested but it brilliantly and have blossomed exactly. again. They are second in the and league it, again. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it's exa- it's a very raised it's strategy. Very raised. They, they kind I of, like they, they, they roll on a running budget. Um, and while they are the, every single year, they start spending a little bit more, a little bit more money, um, which I'm very much enjoying as a fan. Um, but, you know, they still have managed to sit mid to top table for the majority since 2015. Yeah. I mean, they have been really, really good, and I'm very, very proud of them uh, because Leicester. being born and raised a Leicester City fan, I love the Rays. I love the way that they do their business with limited cash. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very, very yeah. proud to be a fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good, good comparison. That's a, that's a really good one. Uh, Oscar says, and this, this for me sums it up, uh, Newcastle, both cities eat, drink, and sleep sports. Both teams have really good atmosphere at their games as well. The teams used to be good, but have been bad for a while and are on their way up again. Well, Newcastle are on their way up. Big game That's tomorrow a good, against my boys. Um, that's a good good comparison. I, 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 comparison. I have settled and, with, with Newcastle. And he said, it, I, I it might be a stretch, but Mike Schmidt and Alan Shearer are, are in this are oh. similar in oh, a way that one of the best man. players of their, of their positions of all time and now both do TV broadcast. I think that's a really and good so, comparison. Schmitty so also just very underrated in terms of like how good they yeah. actually were. Um, the, the generational talents, if not yeah. more than that. Um, my dad, so my dad grew up around Newcastle fans um, in, in the UK. So my, uh, my dad lives, sleeps, eats and breathes Alan Shearer um, and yeah. just an absolutely fantastic fantastic player that's a really good point as well yeah absolutely uh marlins uk pete pratt and a few others but with everton which is another good shout uh good in the 80s huge following often disappointing recent years uh also now as and everton have got a winning manager angelotti he's done and won it we've now got girardi so there's good similarities there as well um, i don't know if i was- the one thing that i kind of gripe with that about is that like Everton kind of sunk when Lukaku left. Um, and mm-hmm. so the Phillies don't exactly have a version of Lukaku, um, except for, you know, no. the entire club. But I was going to say, except, except the whole... You know, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Elliott, Ryan but... Howard, <laughs> yeah. and Shane Vicarino, and everyone getting older. Um, but I don't know. I That's how I kind of view Everton's last few years, uh, is that yeah. they kind of faded yeah. when, when Lukaku left. Again, in terms of fan base wise, absolutely very committed, passionate fan base who go to Goodison mm-hmm. Park when the, the the chips are low, and I, they'll be back in their droves when they're allowed to. Uh, when, absolutely. When at the moment, uh, Phillies France. Uh, say as a Gunners fan, I would say Arsenal. 
I see some similarities between the Phillies bullpen and Arsenal's defense sometimes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I that's what I was thinking. I thought a lot of people would say Arsenal. There's but I a, guess Arsenal's uh, not exactly a popular club over this way. And they're massively outweighed by the Spurs fans on here. Of course, they're big yeah. rivals. Pandemic crew says uh, Spurs, of course. Spurs. Their boys. Yeah, of course. Uh, Mark Christopher says the Phillies, uh, I'm Phillies and Everton. Um, I'm probably hope. Uh, oh, I'm probably hopefully hopefully means of being on the verge of success and distraught multiple times each year. That's that's quite true. Everton do at the start of every season. You think Everton are going to break out and be on the verge of the Champions League spots, and then they've always fallen away quite dramatically. It does sound yeah. pretty familiar. Uh, Mark Nash is Newcastle, uh, Arsenal. Michelle his Higginbottom says West Ham United. I was uh, I was expecting to hear at least one. One, uh, one West Ham at some point. I, no, I just no, that's not my bias. I've heard, I don't really like West Ham. I've heard Ham, some but... some wolves here and there. I've heard, I've heard wolves. Uh, yeah, I was going to get to that. Some I've, I've had a normal one. I've, I've been and a Crystal Palace one. They're, they're in the bin. Oh away. God, no, yeah, get wolves. rid of those. What do you and mean? To, well, what? You know, that doesn't make any know, sense. I don't see the parallels uh, there. They were going on the basis of all the fans or. They're throwing snowballs at Santa and booing our own oh. players, you know, and well, the whole okay. the past thing <laughs> like so long ago. Um, yeah, and and Dave Lewis, Crystal Palace, nah, no, 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 I you're just trying to bait me. I don't see that. Yeah, I feel like that's more of a like, haha, your team stinks, take this. Yeah, it was, um, it was. Yeah, I, I don't think that's an actual comparison. Uh, the Costa Rican fanatic says, uh, I'm a huge Liverpool fan, so I'd like to compare to them. However, thinking objectively, maybe I'd compare to Newcastle United. Great history, only team yeah. in town, not so many titles and a great fan base. Uh, as a Liverpool fan, I really respect them. I think everybody respects, Newcastle's that team that everybody respects. Oh, uh, of it, course. It's a, it, it's, it's a great away day. You know, Newcastle everybody everybody really respects, respects Newcastle fans because they have hanged, they have, yeah, hung on through so many downs. Um, yeah, like as we well have. as you know, the, <laughs> a, a lot. Exactly. Yeah. No. The more that I think about it, the more I really, really actually like that. Uh, I like that comparison more, more so than mine. I'm surprised nobody else said Man U. Um, but I looked at it. I guess I looked at this as as more of a, a recent thing uh, and less of a historical thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, Newcastle definitely makes makes some sense historically, at least. Um, yeah, Newcastle, and it's it's a great away day, like Newcastle, and again the people. And I tell you what, it's no coincidence that the majority of the Phillies fans based in the UK are in the north and the northwest and east because the similarities mm. between the people is there's a lot of parallels. Passionate, working class people, Philly and New, and a lot of the new northern towns are, are very proud people. Passionate people, football is is or sports in general actually because you've got rugby up there as well, rugby league and the, the, the passion from up there. They they yeah. like Oscar said, sleep. If breathe. my father is is any indication, yes, uh, there is always always soccer playing in my house. Never <laughs> ever yep. a a dry moment without it. So yes, definitely uh, passionate. Dave R says. Everton, the one for Everton, uh, loads of Spurs, Chris Wallace, Spurs, uh, West Ham United again, one more point to his West Ham, oh, he's a Palace fanzine, oh, uh, Phillies, Phillies once thing in 1980 and, I've, and have a chip on their shoulder, are bigger teams in their region, pretty obvious West Ham candidate, uh, 
And like Matt, Matt Alberton says West Ham United, both fan bases overrated their clubs and have a love-hate relationship with their ownership, um, which is true until big uh, Dave Dombrowski's come in. That was it's actually, I can see it in that sense with the Clentac McPhail. Uh, yeah, and West Ham really, really can't stand the people in charge there as well. Um, I'd also add that Philly teams despise New York teams and New York often casts a large shadow over Philly. Another parallel with West Ham United. Other than they consider Whoa. West Ham United a 10 point club, despite the reality that West Ham. I would say that New York often casts a shadow over Philly. I think <laughs> that is very, I think that's very incorrect. And um, so someone interestingly pulled a um, Graham Stafford. So this is from the 2019 London game uh, program, suggesting if you want to pick a team to your football team. And this was during the Yankees-Red Sox series over here. And they paired us with West Ham. And this was their description. Hammer supporters are known for their toughness, but enjoy singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. Okay. They do, but Philadelphia fans are much the same. As they'll rather as they'll either rally behind the large green fairy mascot fanatic or boo Santa Claus. Yeah, that narrative is so tired at this point, That's honestly. But like, who, oh well, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, Rich Newby says it's all the people. Yeah, <laughs> Rich Newby says Everton. Uh, more Liverpool shouts, but Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Adam says Aston Villa. Yeah, a few Aston Villas came in. Broccoli Rob said I was trying to say Leeds, maybe Everton. I get Leeds again in terms of the fan base, the passionate fan base, and the fans sticking with their team. Why are so many people putting them at the bottom of the table? I don't understand. I don't understand. (laughs) No, no. Um, Again, Aston Villa getting a few more shouts and leads. Again, I think with the passionate fan base uh, sticking to the team through uh, through thick and thin. Uh, Duck says Sunderland. Uh, Again, that's on the fan side of it. Of course, in the northeast, arch rivals to Newcastle, but two very very passionate fan bases. Uh, and what a small world that I discover. And I can't believe that there's two of me, that there is another person who lives in my small little hometown of Harrogate, born and bred, a Harrogate town fan and a Phillies fan. That is just a wow. small, small world. Har- Harrogate in North Yorkshire, lad. Um, quite a famous town. You get quite a lot of tourism there. Famous Betty's Tea Rooms. Um, but yeah, Harrogate, small little town in between Leeds and York. And uh, there is a Phillies fan and a Harrogate Town fan. And I do follow Harrogate Town because they're my hometown. They uh, they play in League Two for the first time ever this season and doing very well as well. First time ever in the Football League, having a great season. And it was awesome. As, a, as another Harrogate Town fan and uh, and Phillies fan. What a small, small world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was quite impressed. Um, Someone's saying Nottingham Forest. I, I like this comparison. Robert Anderson, last season we were, were identical to Forest. Couldn't qualify for the playoffs despite everyone else trying to let them in, uh, which is so true. Nottingham Forest missed out the championship <laughs> playoffs. Oh, they, they should have bagged it like we should have bagged it. Again, everyone let them have it. And they kept finding ways yeah. of giving it away. Uh, that was a, that's that definitely, me a that's, lot. That's a good point. Carl Went goes for Newcastle, Sleeping Giants. Um... JH Chase says, for the longest time I thought it was Newcastle, but apparently Cubs fans claim them as well. Um, no, oh, no Cubs, no, no Chicago. No. no, they no, are you kidding me? Look at no, the history, not, not, not with their recent success. Look at no, that. yeah, no, well, no, and not with 
are you are you kidding? I wouldn't even point to the recent success. I'd I'd look back to the uh, the early failure, just their absolute failure to launch. Uh, you know, except until you know, I guess Ernie Banks stepped mm. in, but their 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 failure to launch, whereas Newcastle uh, flourished in their early years. Yeah, well, well, the late nineties when they nearly won the Premier League, the famous uh, Kevin Keegan. I'll love it right. if we beat him. Exactly. Uh, interview all those years ago. Yeah, it comes to Newcastle. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, Chris Fisher says uh, Tottenham. He's a Wolves fan. I've got a lot of time for Wolves. Uh, Aaron Nolan Stan says, uh, and he's a Liverpool fan, but he says uh, Everton. Um, and then Newcastle, okay. West Brom, Kevin Barnes. I oh. don't, I don't oh. see any parallel to, to West Brom. Sorry, buddy. I I don't see that one. Um, they're a very yo-yo team. We're not. We're not mm-hmm. yo-yo. <laughs> um, so Spurs. From in terms of overall and Facebook, Spurs has come out on top. But I think that's because Looks, the majority yeah. of Phillies fans are actually Spurs fans. And then Why lots would of you Newcastle. Do that to Newcastle makes Newcastle like makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I like gonna, that. One. That's the one. We're that gonna go we're with. gonna draw uh, we're gonna we're gonna draw a line to Newcastle, but. Like being a Phillies and Spurs fan, like that, I, whoa, like you gotta win something a, at some point. For, for me, being a Brighton fan, it, I know we're doing rubbish at the moment. We've had 13 years of, of a lot of hype and a lot of a lot of success and, and promotion to the Premier League. You know, we've even if we do go down, or we are struggling at the moment, we've still got some very happy, year, recent happy years behind us to keep us going. Uh, but Spurs. Especially after last night's performance, get knocked out of the Europa League. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. that's honestly, I, I'll be honest. I I think it's a lot of my being raised on Leicester that has made me so. Uh, I don't even know what to what to call it, but so tolerant of losing teams yeah. um, because you know Leicester has really not had a lot to brag about over the entire course of the franchise. Um, you know, at least in terms of Premier League success, um, and then to be a teenager uh, when, when they finally ascend to this brand new height uh, was just so, so sweet um, after yeah, following yeah. them my, my entire life. Um, so I, I am, a lot of people ask me how I'm so uh, patient with my teams uh, and I think that is actually a very – it's an answer that I've never really thought of, but I think that's the one that I'll give from now on. Well, funny you say that. That That's very much the same with me and, and Brighton and, and so on to Phillies. When I was a teenager, Brighton were playing in the very bottom division of the Football League. They nearly went right. past. They nearly, they nearly went out the Football League. Every week was nearly a guaranteed loss. We survived that Football League on the last game of the season – uh, that famous story goal against Hereford, uh, for those interested, and that will mean nothing to 99% of the listeners. Um, it's not until the recent years we started getting good again, but I have gone through a lot, a lot of downfall with this team. And right. so it, it has shown me that, and I've been involved in sports all my life and following Brighton, that the downtimes, when the good times come, like I have for my team Brighton and now playing in the Premier League, which is, I still pinch myself sometimes, the good times are even sweeter. From what we've been through, nearly been out of the Football League, nearly going bust, losing our ground, having a 10-year battle to get a new football stadium, 
a beautiful new football stadium. The good times feel even better when you ride it with the lows, and it's going to happen for the Phillies. I am yes, I'm so sure. Sir. We've been 10 Very years good work, route, Dave. And it hurts. <laughs> but I've been there with Brighton. I know when the good times come, you don't jump ship. You stick with the high lows. And when the highs come, it's gonna it's just makes it even better because you know 100%. you have you've stuck through the team through the lowest points. And we have gone through a rough 10 years. And we're gonna come back. And when it does come back, even if we get until I'll be elated with a wild card spot. Like I can't tell absolutely you how happy I'll be. Like it's just a wild just card. Just a positive record. Just a positive record yeah. would make even, me the even, happiest. I'll tell, tell you what I'd be really happy with. Okay, we didn't get the playoffs, but we're in September and we're relevant. And we're fighting all the way right. tooth and nail for that playoff. There, even if we just missed that, it'll be gutting. But compared to the last two, three years where we've just... At least you're feeling something away. other than dread yeah. in September. Yeah, I would, I would like to finish the season. If we did miss out the playoffs, I'd like to look back and go, you know what? They, they, they gave it a damn good go. We, we pushed mm-hmm. it all the way. We've got a plus 500 record. We just missed out. Let's just say the Mets and Braves were better than us and they did deserve it because they did get the more wins. But we pushed them tooth and nail. We didn't give in like it, it looked like in the race series last year as we had we had nothing left. And it, that was demoralizing. That was what hurt me the most is that we just, right. we, we had nothing. The tank was empty. And it just, as a fan, you know, I'm sure they did try their hardest and they gave it everything, but it came across as they're, they're done. And if we can just mm-hmm. fight every game until the end and just leave everything out there, unlike the last, what's come across as last three, three Septembers, I'll be happy for a positive record, something to build on. Well, but while <laughs> saying that, well, God, boys, it, and it's capable, but we'll get, we'll get into that in another episode because uh, we're running on. But there you go. We've compared, we have, Fans in general, I think they're going with Spurs, but we're going with Newcastle, Newcastle, and Philadelphia Phillies as our comparison. All right. What a show. That's a bit of fun mm-hmm. to end it on there. What a show. We've covered everything. That's it. We're done. Uh, next week, <laughs> I will uh, I will have Jack Fritz back on the show for a little cameo. Oh, excellent. And we will discuss Say hi for him. Me. Yeah, I, I will. Alice, I will. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have Jack on the next show. Uh, and if you've got any questions for Jack about the Phillies, get him in, guys. And uh, and Alex, we're gonna get you back on as well for next week because it's time to talk opening day. It'll be time to talk. Oh, I can't wait. Opening roster. Time to talk. Phillies be Braves. The Phillies be the Mets. Meaningful baseball. We're nearly there, guys. Very exciting. We are nearly there. Just one more week of full spring training to go, and then that's it. Kick back. Get the barbecue on, get the beers in, Ooh. get your cheesesteaks ready. Because opening day is around the corner. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've loved what you heard, please leave us a nice review and subscribe. And we will see you next week. But for me, Dave Shaw, ring the bell. And for Alex, Oh, a uh, uh, resounding ring the bell, Dave. Yes. <laughs>